but let's look at saving lives. And the reason that's such a big call is that humans are absolutely terrible drivers, right? They're killing on the United States 33 million, 33,000 people in the United States every year, and 1.2 million around the world are killed in car accidents. That's actually the third largest cause of years of life lost, according to the CDC, uh, and the seventh largest cause of death. There are also 12 million accidents in general in the United States, 1.8 million of them with injuries. And as I said during the pre-Q&A, NHTSA said about $230 billion, that's 2.5% of the GDP in eight cents a mile. In other words, in the Prius, you're spending more on, the, on your share of the cost of accidents than you're paying for gasoline. Now we also spend in the United States about 50 to 60 billion hours every year doing this. This really important activity. Um, to put that in context, the 50 to 60 gig hours, you don't get to say gig hours very often, um, we only work in the United States 240 gig hours. So it's about equivalent to a quarter of the working productivity of the United States that is spent on driving. And this is where some of these, why you'll say, wow, why did you only say trillions? It's the position of cars in our lives is huge. Now, 40% of those fatalities have alcohol involved. Um, that's one thing, by the way, that robots rarely do drink, and that's a positive thing. Um, robots also, though, don't stop paying attention. And 80% of all accidents have been shown to be caused just because someone wasn't looking. Um, now, I'll, that may be a slightly incorrect statement. There are ways that, that robot failures might be considered to be like not paying attention. But by and large, one of the important values of the technology, why we can do it better than a human, is the fact that ceaseless attention is a feature of this system. So we lose 40 hours a year of our lives to congestion. We've also given up an immense amount of our lives and cities to cars. There are at least three parking spaces in the United States for every car that's here. Some people estimate as many as eight. And someone estimated for Los Angeles, not exactly the poster child of not being a car city, that 60% of the land belonged to driveways, garages, parking lots, uh, uh, highways, bridges, all these things. Half the land in our cities going over to the car. 25% of the energy that we spend in the United States goes to car transportation. And about about 25% of the CO2, greenhouse gases and so on, that we produce come from cars. So these are immense parts of our economy. And then my favorite statistic when I calculated it was that Americans spend, drive every year, half a light year. Now how often do you get to use light years in your work? Giga hours and light years. These are not normal topics here outside of astronomy convention. Half a light year, and the whole world is actually driving more than a light year, which means added up all together we're going faster than light, which is pretty neat. <laughs> What's the reality of this right now? Well, why can this happen? Why is this thing that used to be in science fiction movies and, and you know, Disney uh, World's Fair pictures of the future, why is this happening now? Well, of course, we're here in Silicon Valley and we like to say that garage innovation is what Silicon Valley is about. And now we're actually really doing it in garages as we can see over here. But this is not the same as building a, a human intelligence, what they call an artificial general intelligence or, or strong AI. This is more like maybe building horse intelligence. Maybe it's even more like building bug intelligence. Uh, because bugs can swarm and move down. It's not as hard a problem as something that thinks and can do everything a human being can do. That's what's making it tractable. It's why labs are developing it here today. So the DARPA Grand Challenge, I hope most of you know of, took place first in 2004, uh, sorry, and then 2005. And none of the vehicles got very far. They were all sorts of shapes. This is Anthony. I told you about his motorcycle. And look at his face. It's so sad. But the second contest, uh, five cars completed the course of 150 miles in the desert. These cars empty. 
This was sponsored by the military with a $2 million prize. The cars were able to do things like drive empty down steep mountain ravines. I'm showing you seven years ago now. Um, and this is the Stanford car pulling up to the finish line. Stanford won that race, and a later race was won by Carnegie Mellon. Google got smart and hired the winners of both of these, the teams that won both contests, to form the next generation. This is Chris Urmson, another Canadian, leading the Google team, pushing the button. Here's the vehicle driving down the streets of Palo Alto with other cars. Google's cars have gone 500,000 miles now on streets, doing things like stopping at stop signs, making left turns, thanking these people for participating in Google's research. <laughs> Dealing with all the things on the regular road, seeing through LIDAR, and I'll show you a bit more about this later, 360 degrees all the time in all directions, perceiving everything, never not looking. Going down the streets of San Francisco with dogs and joggers and left turns and thick traffic, handling traffic lights, going up hills where people are running in front of you, going uh, down through the toll gates on the Golden Gate Bridge, uh, driving um, through down the coast of California, here we see the downtown Monterey, driving, um, well, so yes, on Mount mountain roads past things that frankly would frighten me if I were driving down the road, seeing the same whether it's day or night because of the way the laser sensor works, uh, even for fun going down what you may know the windiest street in the world, Lombard Street. This is sped up a little bit, I don't recommend this street on Lombard, the speed on Lombard. Um, so lots of fun experiments going on, but real stuff on real roads, even merging onto highways, something that's particularly challenging. Uh, and the Stanford team actually taught their car to park in a way that's not otherwise recommended. So this is real. These, this video now is actually a few years old. I'll get to a little bit about what's here. But these are coming, not just this Google experiment and, and the DARPA experiments, but all the car companies are working to, on this technology or simpler versions of this technology. You can already buy cars that park themselves and keep themselves in the lane and keep themselves a fixed distance from the car in front. The cars that detect pedestrians and actually hit the brakes for you if you don't bother to do so. These are all cars you can get on the market today. But almost all the car companies have announced versions of product. This is Cadillac showing what they call Super Cruise, which they said they were going to do in 2015. They've delayed it a little bit. Uh, Continental, which is a major car supplier, and little secret I won't say, but the car companies often don't make this technology. It's actually usually made, in many cases, by the Tier 1 automotive suppliers, uh, like Bosch and Continental and some others. Um, they are building a car like this I've ridden in it. Um, uh, Volkswagen has something they call the temporary autopilot. Volvo did a, has done this, but also did a project where they uh, saw what would happen if you could form convoys with a human being driving the, lead, driving the lead vehicle and all the other vehicles following behind. So here we see a little convoy going um, through, I guess this is actually Spain, that's where they did it on the open road. Um, and of course, on the other hand, some people react differently. Let's, this is a commercial from Florida. Is this really a He's more interested in legalizing driverless remote control cars and allowing the new Howard Franklin to be a total breed than fixing our economy. You would think he'd focus on jobs. Let's stop Jeff Brown and his out-of-touch priorities. <laughs> So Jeff Brandis uh, was the state senator in Florida who actually passed the bill there that legalized the testing of autonomous vehicles there. And so they did an attack ad on him for doing this. Uh, Brandis was re-elected, by the way, so that attack ad was not successful. Uh, Audi has uh, been producing a, uh, uh, two different systems, a parking lot system to park cars, a valet style in parking lots that have been mapped out with a laser in the parking lot, and also a 
vehicle that can keep in the lanes and follow the car ahead of it for slow speed highway driving. And in fact, Annie, who's here, one of the people who worked on Audi uh, with that. In fact, she's just outside the frame of this picture when I took it. Um, so, other people, as I said, have been announcing this, and the really exciting thing, I think, is that this year, the 2014 S-Class from Mercedes, and also coming the 5 Series from BMW, which is an even higher volume car, much higher volume car than that, will have this basic drive-itself-while-you-watch facility. Uh, and you'll see it from the other companies, from Audi and Volvo and so on. A number of the concept cars have come out. Nissan has made its Pivo cars in a number of conferences, uh, showed them off as concept cars, doing limited self-driving. Just about every car company has demonstrated something, except for some reason the Koreans. I'm not sure why we haven't seen as much from them, but a lot of action in Germany and Japan and of course in the United States. So this video some of you may have seen, but uh, I did a little bit of work on it, so I want to show you. This is a demonstration of Google